What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, and we are discussing The Stand, episode eight. We are winging it with no notes. Um, I think both Anthony and I decided that one viewing of this show was all we could get for this episode. Um, I have five words. <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> okay, what did I tell you last week? I said, if the hand of God comes <laughs> down in the end, when I tell I'm going to have I, some words. I started laughing when I saw it because <laughs> when I saw the smoke, I wasn't, I, I was still in shock from everything else that happened. And my daughter looked and she said, oh, is that supposed to be the, the hand of God? Really? That's what they decided to do. And I looked at it and I started seeing the fingers. I said, oh, this is going to be a fun show to record tonight. i tell you the truth. I was like, okay, this is going to be different. It's going to be, di no, wait, no. Those are not fingers. No. And it's like, okay, they, they didn't. They didn't do it the way that it was done in the original miniseries, but it was still quite clearly the hand of God or or the Almighty, you know. As, as I, can, I don't know what to say. It wasn't even 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 the person who lives with me who's related to me about marriage, even she was like, Well, it's it's different. It's, it's, <laughs> You know, and, and it wasn't a hand that, that set off the bomb. It was an orb of power, I guess. It was lightning that came. You know what? The we're, almighty. We're just, we're just going to call it the almighty. There was just so... Like, I don't even know where to start with this episode. It's just... There was so much that was... I mean, I was watching it and I, you know, Anthony sent me a message or actually he sent all of us, uh, myself, Mike, and Lori, we have a group chat. So he put in the group chat, the stand, dot, dot, dot. I don't even have words. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I was literally getting ready to leave work. I said, I'm about to go home and watch it now. Did we jinx ourselves by saying that we liked last week's episode? You know, Anthony never answered me. <laughs> So I kind of figured, oh, it can't be that bad, can it? Oh, it. <sighs> this this the thing though, it had some bright spots. It it um, I'm I'm sort of conflicted about some of it because I guess some of it was good, a right, lot of it was bad. Let's talk about <laughs> what you think was good. What was good? Alexander Skarsgård shaking his ass. You know what? That was great. That, that was great. <laughs> that was so not what I was expecting from this show. But that was great, though. It was so unexpected. It <laughs> no, was like, I'm so oh, sorry. Wow. It was not. It was not. Now, mind you, I don't have a problem watching him shake his ass at any time. Any time. It just felt so, and I, it was horribly inappropriate for 
the scene and I understand that's why it was in there because it was so horribly inappropriate. They were basically making fun of the fact that Larry and Ray were about to die. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just (sighs) Oh. Okay. All right. Well, the good um, I will say you may disagree, but I think how they resolve Nadine's storyline, I actually, I actually am okay with it because if you look at it from the perspective of someone who hasn't read the book, you realize, you know, they set us up for this duality of Nadine. There's Mama Nadine and Nadine, mm-hmm. and Larry through his connection to her making they're basically telling her look you know you know what's wrong here you saved the children you saved me and he's like but look what happened to you look at yourself he shows her the power that's the power of their connection he shows her what she really looks like and mom and Nadine comes out yeah I I will agree with that um and I, I think that was that was I think that was one thing that is that was different from the book that I actually think worked. It worked for me, and, and I like that. It worked because they presented her character a little bit different as far as the way she came into Vegas. Mm-hmm. So that part, I didn't hate. It was different, but it made sense for the story. Mm-hmm. You know, and and she still took her swan dive, which I said, you know, you were saying, okay, well, maybe she'll redeem herself. And I'm like, no, that is like a big, big scene in the book where mm-hmm. she takes that swan dive and whether it's because she jumps or whether Flag accidentally pushed her or the way that it happened. I mean, it's a big scene. So the fact that she stuck with that and she did it, okay the end game was was what mattered and it worked for this particular version of the stand now uh randall flag's reaction to her death i like that it it felt genuine it felt mm-hmm. pained and then you know him being randall flag can't really show emotion so immediately after that he's like lord cancel the nursery it's like okay business as usual mm-hmm. it felt in character it did. It, it, it did. Um, so we've talked about how much of a clown Lloyd is. <laughs> and is it just me or does he get more and more clownish and more and more almost kind of the way that I looked at it, the more and more ridiculous he got in the story, the more and more seemingly flamboyant his actions and his speech became, I was not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't know. It, if you had made Lloyd the tough man that he was when he first got to prison, you know, the person who had never shot someone, but he was reveling in the glory of it. Mm-hmm. He, was ta- he was, you know, shit talking to the police. He was, you know kind of being bragging, you know, a, a bit braggadocious. Yeah. Oh my God, we said the same word. A bit yeah. braggadocious with the prisoners. If you had given me that Lloyd throughout all of Vegas, I would have liked his character more. I would have felt 
like this is who his character is supposed to be but he, but you made him more and more comical you made him more and more of an idiot and you all also made him more and more animated and like i said he he was a little flamboyant i noticed that with some of his mannerisms and his hand movements and i felt like it was almost suggestive like he was supposed to be maybe gay maybe closeted it just it presented itself in a very weird way to me i did not like it you know right. like if you're gonna have a character who acts like that fine but don't make it the character who pretty much has become the butt of the joke of the show i had a problem with that i i think because you know when, when we go back to when we first meet him i think i think the writers think that is who we got i think the braggadocious guy whose reputation was built on a lie that that i think the writers would say that is who he was like everything about him was built on a lie it was all a facade he was he was like they like he and whatchamacallit said they were they were doing a show they were literally creating a show and mm -hmm. As a clown, that's what he was doing. He was creating a show. He was hyping the show. He was like a hype man, not necessarily a right hand man. But his and it seemed to get worse. Like that, even even outside of the show, even outside of the trial. Well, he was trying to. It to me, it seems like he was. They were trying to get him to maintain that facade. He was. He was still trying to live up to that that show like the couple of times we actually get a glimpse of the real him was when he was starving and thought he was going to die when we find out how much he feared randall flag when uh julie is it julia or juliet julia julie. julie julie when she you know mentions his name and all of a sudden he can't perform mm -hmm. mentions randall flags name, and you see the fear we have to go back and I know we don't, we kind of have to look look at things in a new context now that we have moved forward. Now we realize that fear, a lot of what was going on with him was fear. He was afraid of dying. You know, he didn't want to have to eat this guy to survive. And he's been doing everything out of fear for what Randall Flagg would do to him. So this facade that Glenn, you know, in the in the farcical trial that we see, that Glenn saw straight through it. He's like, don't y'all see? It's this fear. Everything that all this is built on is fear. And his whole, Lloyd's whole persona that he has created is not only built on the lie, but it's maintained by fear. And at any moment, he knows that any of that stuff could be taken away from him just like that because he's so afraid of Randall. So I'm not saying I'm giving him a pass for being, you know, the, <laughs> the clown that he was. I'm just saying that it as it became more and more exaggerated, the more and more afraid he became. Yeah, I just I don't know. But I, I don't think I I don't I'm like you. I don't I don't think I care for this portrayal because I, I, I like the. It felt yeah. Very it felt very um 
I don't even know what what the word is. Because in the book, he was like a cold, calculated killer. Yeah, he was very in the quiet. original series. He was cold, calculated mm-hmm. killer. Here, he's a clown. Yeah. He's very <laughs> and not a joker. Rambunctious. Not, he's very yeah, not a joker type clown who's maniacal and will kill anyone in a heartbeat. Just, just a clown. Mm-hmm. You know, just I hilariously, just, outrageously idiotic and farcical. I just didn't. I just didn't like the way it was coming across to me. It just. Uh, something something about it just didn't feel right to me but um oh let's see what else um there was just i think we have the the trial <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> i don't know what, what was trying. that i know they're trying to... and and i can say even as even if i tried to look through it of the lens i have to ask I have to ask Michelle about it, but if I look at it, try to look at it through the lens of someone who doesn't know what happened in the book in the original miniseries, it just seems so freaking weird. Like, what are y'all trying to do here? It was so over the top. It it was almost as if he was structured to give Glenn a moment. You know, that's that's what it seems like. It seems like all of that was just structured to give Glenn his moment, but then it really was like a half uh it was like a half executed plan like what they were trying to do was sort of halfway thought through mm-hmm. like it just and then, and then they say oh well she's like oh it, this wasn't supposed to be real it was supposed to be fake when i said shoot him i didn't really mean it but you said what? it in front of you said it in front of a mob basically <laughs> you know you said it in front of all these people who are screaming for blood and it's it, it, it kind of mirrors recent events in our real world. You yeah. can't say certain things. And then when people react to the way that you say things, be like, oh, that's not what I meant. That's not how I meant it. Yeah. It's amazing how this was all filmed before all those, all that stuff happened. Right. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was, it... And I realized it was supposed to be a show. It's supposed to be over top, over the top. The way that they presented Vegas in this whole series is about extremes. It's about overproduction. It's about all of this stuff. It just didn't feel genuine to the story. Yeah, I was going to say it didn't feel authentic. It did not. Because if you had presented, okay, I guess, what I'm going to say something that may seem a little weird, but if you had presented it to us that, you know, Rat Girl or Rat Woman mm-hmm. was like the producer behind the scenes, because in this episode she's like, I'm the cruise director, I'm in charge of entertainment. Well, if you had presented us that Vegas was sort of a facade and they were, you know, having these shows and it was all a show, right? Right despite all the horrible things that you were doing if you had presented to us like that from the beginning it wouldn't have seemed so far-fetched here in the end and so like, sudden. now you want to say it's a show now you want to say this is we're just putting on the show wait that doesn't exp- you didn't tell us that when you were doing all those other horrific things like crucifying people and making people fight to the death in the pit that's the other thing I was going to say. When we're first introduced to her character, it's when she goes to tell Tom Cullen that he needs to go and clean up the vomit in the fountain. 
She was dirty. She was very unkept. She she was in charge of the cleanup crew. She was housekeeping. You presented now, this to as housekeeping. Right. And now she was a cross between Effie Trinket and the Game Maker yeah. from the Hunger Games. Made no sense. I didn't even reckon I didn't even realize that that was the same character until I yeah. saw the closed captions and I was like, what? Where did this come from? It's just that's what I'm saying. It seemed like there there are a lot of half thought through ideas. Like all of a sudden, someone had this great idea to do this, but they broke their own rules based on the character they created before. It just seemed it just seemed a little weird. That's that's pretty much the only way I could put it. Like they were trying to put too much into an episode. They were trying to wrap things up really quickly within this one hour because they're giving us the post Vegas stuff in the last episode. They missed a lot, like small things. Okay, Stu is in the valley. He's got a broken leg. He's not moved from his spot. But yet he's got a fully, he's got a full fire sitting next to him. My daughter was like, oh, I guess he can move around you know, well enough to get sticks for a fire, make a fire. I said, no, Kojak brought him the sticks. That's what happened in the book. But of course we don't see that because you don't give us enough time to see that. You don't give us enough time to see Stu's struggle while he's there on his own. You're having to focus it on Vegas because you left it for the last hour. It's just, there, there was little things like that that was just kind of, what were y'all doing? Yeah, I was thinking if he could, if he could move around, the way you presented, if he was able to move around and pick up sticks, that's a big old stick over there he could use as a walking cane. Right. And I'm like, just take a couple of pills, numb the pain a little bit, and get to walking. Mm-hmm. You know. Or maybe I, not, I, even, not even get to walking. At least get somewhere where there's a little bit of shelter. Right. Because you are in the desert. <laughs> You're, you're in the desert. You're sitting in the middle of this ravine that's broken through. So it's not like you've got smooth walls. You could have found some place that's got a little bit of shade, you know, to keep you from the sun or what. It, it's just, <sighs> I just had so many problems with this episode. Yeah, and I and I think it was supposed to be, we were, we were supposed to see how it was different from Harold. And I, I think that's why it was cut the way it was or shot the way it was. I don't know. Because and- Harold died alone. He wasn't alone. He had Kojak with him. He had Kojak helping him out, you know, being there with him. And Harold had no one. And remember I talked about this before, you know, we see a common theme in fantasy that in order to overcome evil you have you can't do it by yourself you need people to help you and evil ultimately ends up being alone right you know because you see how saw how everyone abandoned flag Mm -hmm. and even you know they they implied at the trial that when all those people started having doubts about it that flag lost all his powers Mm -hmm. you know but again even with that with them Starting to shout out, I would feel fear no evil when Larry was saying it. I'm like, what? It was just a very sudden turn of events from people who literally two minutes ago were shouting for these people to die. 
And then the, well, the, fact that, the fact that Randall Flagg kept making these assertions about Boulder and about the witch and no one was told that, oh, you guys are following him and he's supposed to be all knowing. Why doesn't he even know that Mother, Mother Abigail is dead? How does he not know that? Why is he, why is he scared of a dead woman? That would have easily made people doubt and it would have been a, a more reasonable um, you know, train of thought to think, okay, well, if this is the case, why are we following him, this, that, and the other? But that one little speech from Glenn, yeah, it was a nice little speech, but you're talking about people who have been in Boulder now for months, for almost a year, and mm -hmm. they're going to have that one little three-minute speech turn them like that? No. It's just, it didn't make sense. Well, they tried. Like they, they always they showed the one guy at the trial, and then they kept cutting to him even outside when, um, when they were in the in the pool. Mm -hmm. But they needed to show more than just that one guy, and having the one female voice yelling at "I'll see no evil." Right. They should have shown more people at the trial, you know, sort of like doubting it. And then show more people, you know, outside instead of showing everyone cheering except for the one guy, show like different, you know, a few people here and there, kind of like maybe, you know, just kind of look doubtful about the whole situation and build on that. Right. But like you said, they were trying to cram so much in. They said, well, we'll just do this one guy and the viewer will get it. <laughs> that that he represents all the people who are having doubts but in the end it doesn't matter because he goes up in smoke just like everybody else does so it's to, and to me the the problem i have always had with with the book and and the original series is a common thing with stephen king not knowing how to end stuff like not knowing how to wrap it up. I think a lot of people have that problem with him. That yeah, and that. like you, you tell a great story, and which is not really a, as a writer, you know, supposed writer that I think I am. That's the hardest things to do is the start and the end. Mm -hmm. And and I have never ended a story. I mean, I've, I've written a couple of short stories I've ended, but most of them are just it's hard to end because how do you end it? So I understand the problem he had. He wanted yeah, to right. end it. I mean, I'm the same way. I've done the same. It's just, thing, so. it's just a little. It the problem I have is you have these people changing. You have these people showing, you know, having doubts about Randall. Randall has lost his power, but ultimately everybody dies from a nuclear bomb. So what was the point of all the buildup? Because just to show that he lost his following and. You know, he gets struck by lightning several times and then he disappears. You know, I was just like, I was looking at that scene when the lightning was hitting him and he was just, you know, and I was like, if they kill Randall Flagg in this way, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw my remote at the TV and be done. I don't care if it's five minutes to the end. I'm done. And then when he disappeared, I was like, okay, so. So he'll be back in the next episode for, for a final send off. He's not, <laughs> I mean, it's 
Because and, basically and, what happens in the book is he disappears once the bomb goes off and then he he reappears in the epilogue of the book in another country kind of starting over with followers. I don't need to see Randall Flagg again in this series. It's just it was well, if you ever if you ever read Needful Things, you know, in the end when they defeat, you know, the demon in Needful Things, um the same thing happens here. He just opens up another shop in another city. Mm-hmm. And and I guess supposedly the story starts over. And those type of stories always you know, I can take them or leave them. You know, Needful Things is one of my favorite books too, but it ends very similarly to um, the stand where he just shows back up again in another place in the shop. I forgot what the shop was called, but yeah, whatever. And- <laughs> this is whatever. Like you know, you know he disappears, so you know you're gonna see him again. So you know he's not ended, and I guess the whole thing is evil kind of never goes away; it just continues. Yeah, yeah. So. Um- Tom Cullen coming no. in at the last two minutes of the episode. We don't even get to see a reunion. He just shows up with Kojak and that's it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I mean, like we said the last episode, they still have to get back to Boulder. And we know that Tom Cullen helps to do that. So I guess we're getting all of this in that episode, you know, but I I believe in the original Stu was with Tom Cullen when Vegas went up because they saw it together, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, because I wonder, we're sitting here watching the whole episode. I said, oh, so y'all just not going to tell us what happened to Tom Cullen. And I, I, I really thought that that was the implication, especially in the trial when Lloyd mentioned that they had sent spies before and all of the spies were dead. I thought, oh, okay, I guess they caught Tom in, in the truck and they killed him. Because we, we, we've never known what happened to him once he escaped. Like we didn't get his journey back. We didn't, not a mention, not nothing. And then he shows up right at the end he's gonna have to dig stew out of all of the whatever i'm just it i it just this whole episode just didn't sit right with me it just it felt very rushed it felt very it's almost like they were trying to give all the characters closure before they killed them all you know Mm -hmm. with nadine and with uh larry now we'll say this Nadine Swan dive and what happens after with the head and everything. I thought that was a cool touch, a bit mm-hmm. macabre, but it was a cool touch, you know, but I, I don't know, you know, having Ray be this person in Boulder where she's, she's tough and she's, you know, she's a leader in her own right in Boulder. She is aside from Nick, Mother Abigail's right hand. And then you get her to Boulder and I understand making her play the part of being scared because who wouldn't be scared in that situation, especially if you know that you're gonna die. But 
to turn her into such a it was like a drastic change from her character to being really strong to being the oh I'm scared I don't want to die I mean it was literally she was simpering and I didn't like that either like you you could you could have shown her in a way that expressed that she was fearful and that she was scared without making her seem weak and that's how I felt like she was portrayed in that moment like she was weak I you you're right I didn't really understand what they're doing because in that moment when she was with Larry and they were locked up in the kitchen she she shows that I guess they want to say vulnerability and how scared she was and wanting him to hold her and then when the guy comes in she starts boxing his ears she's like all of a sudden she's the old Ray again Right. And it's like, I don't know. What was the point of showing her in that way in the first place? Like, are you just trying to say that we all have these moments where we're vulnerable now? So I kind of see what they were writers were doing, but it didn't, the way you did it didn't really come across that way. Mm-mm. Because, because all of a sudden she's calling him, you know, you bastard or whatever. She's yelling at the guy, don't treat me like, oh, whatever. All of a sudden, she's tough Ray again. Mm-hmm. So then you're basically telling me that she's been faking the whole time. <laughs> you know? I, I just, I don't know. And then the Michael Jackson thriller jacket was just, you know, that was just awesome. <laughs> you know, Lloyd the Clown. Um, whatever. <laughs> I just... just... There are so many... You know, like, is Cole Jack... I have all these questions. Is Cole Jack an angel? So I just assume Kojak is an angel. Yeah. I know he's not God because God was too busy blowing up the nuclear bomb. And and I guess Randall, in maybe his last time he had used his powers, he sent a wolf down there to 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 kill Stu. I think yeah. the wolf is supposed to be him. You know, that's kind you of think that, that was him, but then Kojak kills him. It was off screen. He could have ran or whatever, but what? Uh, but did he lose his power? Or did he not lose his power? Because if he lost his power, you know, I don't know. It was, he have turned into a wolf. Whole thing was just kind of. I, I have more more questions than I do answers. And what the hell was that ball of light? The Almighty. <laughs> No, but they, uh, you haven't even. Oh, we haven't even talked about our favorite character, Trash Can Man. I was about to bring him up. Can we say, uh, for the record, I want to say it was a total, absolute waste of a good actor and a good character? Yes. Period. That's all I'm going to say. It, it was just a total waste. I mean, but but we knew it was going to be that way when Randall Flagg told Trash where to go get this nuclear bomb because that's not how it happens. And that took away a lot of Trash Can's uh, character development from the story. So we already knew it was going to be garbage. You and then they literally put him in what? One, two, we got him in- Three scenes. Two scenes the first episode, one scene the second, and then two scenes in this episode. So five scenes total. And, and all the scenes probably total were less than 10 minutes. What a waste. And then they confound the issue by 
when he said, I did this for you, he was looking up at the sky. He was looking up at the hand of God. So was he working for God or was he, or, or was the radiation made him just so delusional that he was able to drive all the way to the exact spot right there? Right. Instead of going to the airport, which is in a whole nother different direction. I've been to Vegas. This is a different direction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. I, was he, did, does he work for God? Was he working for God the whole time? I did this for you, my life for you. Who? Right. Because at that moment, well, you're looking thing, up at the hand it. of God. Think about it. When he first came to Vegas and they were in the elevator, they were going up. Uh, Lord was taking him to see Randall. He says, you're gonna die. I'm sorry. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and I was like, what? Trash can. I don't think trash can was clairvoyant <laughs> in the original story. So I, I again just a whole lot of what they did. Just so okay. So I just had this weird thought, you know, how how Nadine had basically been forged as a weapon her whole life. Maybe God forged Trash Can Man as a weapon his whole life. And, and that, would, that would explain why he was the way he was because he knew what his task was going to be. I guess, I, I don't know. And, I don't and, know. And, and Flag would only accept someone that close to him if if he had such a tortured and terrible past you think about it i can make it work no i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> i can make it not, work it's not far-fetched it's not far-fetched i can make it work but then because they, in the in the original you know he said why did he sabotage vegas just because but he, he didn't, do it. It, no, he didn't have any particular reason. It was just his, he just his happened obsession to do with pyrotechnics. He just happened to be messing around mm -hmm. and blew up the plane. Maybe blew that was one. Of, maybe that was one of those things that that Stephen King maybe wanted to make a little bit more clear. But see, then that brings in the whole. If if that theory is true then that brings in the whole discussion that I'm going to have a problem with of, of, of God using people and treating people or having them go through trauma to serve a greater purpose. I have an issue with that. I mean, again, well, I, that, that's, that, that's the whole thing. I know, I know, but it's it, the Old Testament God. That's not the New Testament God. That's Old Testament God, which we're supposed to pretend isn't around anymore. And it seems like, based on Captain Trips, the Old Testament God had to come back and and get things going the right way. Yeah, I, and I know this this is not the forum for <laughs> religious discussion. No, it's not because I <laughs> I am not. Like, I, I'm pretty much like Glenn. Um, and, and it's so funny, my daughter mentioned it because, of course, you know, they made mention, Stu made mention of him being an atheist in the last episode. And then he says something in this episode. I don't even remember the conversation where he was talking about God and how he controls blah, blah, blah. blah. And Michaela said, Oh, and now you're an agnostic. <laughs> was like, <laughs> That's 
that's pretty much that's that's kind of where I am in in my religious beliefs. I'm kind of in between those two. So that whole method of thinking that this is if that God was controlling trash can man to use him. Yeah, I have I have huge problems with that. But that again, that's a whole other type of discussion. That's, that's a whole yeah. other type of discussion not meant for this form. No. Because then we get into Old Testament versus New Testament, free will versus destiny. And you know, it 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 get it's, it gets a little bit sticky. Mm-hmm. But Stephen King is one who who wanted to write this. And it's obvious that there are religious overtones in the stand. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is so. it's plainly obvious, and it's and I don't know if it was just an exploration of him, and and necessarily I I don't know what Stephen King's religious beliefs are, but it, it it's plain to see that he believes that God does that, you know, that it's possible that God would actually put someone through suffering in order to to get to a end you know if you think about it the whole even the whole way mother abigail was out in the wilderness you know suffering because she was no coat in the cold no food no water suffering because yeah. she felt like she had to in order to understand to have god talk to her again she had to suffer mm-hmm. because she had sinned yes so but yeah but oh here okay so here's the other thing so i mentioned in i believe it was the last episode we were talking about how we didn't get any background on anyone in vegas and i really wanted to be able to explore at least some of the people in vegas because again i felt like just like you had the two in boulder nadine and harold who seemed like they were always destined for the dark man, but they ended up in Boulder. I feel like there were some people who probably should have been destined for Mother Abigail that ended up in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Now, it's possible those are the people that spoke up when Larry and uh, Ray were about to be drowned. But again, you don't give us enough you don't give us enough background on any of those characters for me for to make that believable. Now, when Lloyd started having his doubts, that I believed. Because again, this whole persona that Lloyd had in Vegas, this is not the person who we think he truly was. Remember, mm-hmm. all of this started because he just happened to be hanging with the wrong person at the wrong time and got caught up. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even a killer until he killed Glenn. And Mm -hmm. he kind of went overboard with Glenn because he had to, I guess, prove himself to everyone else because Rat Woman was starting to make people doubt. She's like, shoot him, shoot him. Oh, you're hesitating? What are you waiting for? Shoot him. And it's just Mm -hmm. kind of challenging him in front of everyone. So you either lose face and risk whatever wrath Randall Flagg is going to give you, or you kill the guy like you're being told, and you still risk whatever wrath Randall Flagg is going to give you. It was kind of like a a lose-lose situation for him. But you could see 
that it took his toll on him. That was not something he wanted to do. You see it when he's outside of the room talking with rat woman, like he literally starts crying because this is not really what he wanted. And for him to make that mistake, you know, he kind of challenged Randall Flagg about it. He was like, you remember when you gave me this? This was supposed to be the sign of a deep friendship. And he was about to say, and I don't feel like my actions should danger that, or I don't feel like that's what we have. It was, it was like he was thinking about what Glenn said and was like, yeah, why are we so afraid of him? Like, this is not supposed to be, uh, he's over us. He, he protects us. He takes care of us. Like, it's supposed to be a friendship. It's supposed to be an equal ground. Okay, well, n- not to tread on anyone's toes, but, you know, he is talking about how we, you know, I've allowed you guys to be free and I've given you freedom and the ability to be whoever you want to be within what I say you can. Right. Because there are people there who didn't want to be that way and they got crucified. Exactly. Sound familiar? Like, mm-hmm. you have all this freedom except X, Y, and Z. Right. Yeah, and and I and I think that's what, um, like you said, that's what Lloyd realized that maybe we we should be fearing him. Glenn is right. All he has over us is fear. Hmm. That's it. We're afraid of him, and he, Lloyd knows that more than anyone. When his his very name causes him to not, you know, get what he wants. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. the hand of God (laughs) and the other thing (laughs) and the other thing is for the people who were there who were witnessing all of this if they were really paying attention you could have seen that flat you know before the hand of God came in before the lightning orb started striking people down and blowing people up they could have seen that because as soon as the the first woman yelled, I will fear no evil. And he says, who is that? Where did that come from? You're around the flag. You're supposed to know. You're supposed this. to know. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to know this. So all of these people who are starting to yell this out, why are you depending on the people around them to tell you who it is? You're supposed to know it all. Why don't you know? And, and just like Larry said, he doesn't know Mother Abigail is dead. Why wouldn't he know that if he's supposed to be all powerful? I I will go out on the, I will go out on limb and say that where they messed up is they should have had they should have had Glenn confront him, confront Flag outside with all those people like still have have them have all three of them chained in the bottom of the pool and then you know have Lloyd introduce Randall and then go through the trial there and then have Glenn give his speech in front of all those people about Randall and then have Randall get upset it didn't even have to and be. And then have Lloyd. I'm just saying. It just could have been Larry because even in the original story, Glenn Glenn is killed in in pretty much a similar manner that 
you know, as he was right. or in right. The- but but based on how they were trying to compact everything, mm-hmm. this would have been you would have been able to kill two birds with one stone and cover a lot of the problems that we have with what happened. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like have him sow seeds of doubt in front of everyone and be killed for that. And then and then the story goes on from there and I think it would make much more sense. It will maybe not make more sense, but I think it would be it would have been a better presentation. And I do hate how Lloyd got killed. That was just stupid. Oh, you mean him getting bopped in the head and just baited? Yeah, yeah. And then Rat Woman got she got burned up by the lightning bolt. And so did Julie. So did Julie just whatever. Ex- yeah, they they basically just exploded. It- but like, what what was the point? They were gonna die anyway. This that's that's my whole thing. It's like a nuclear bomb is you're gonna set it off. You're right. gonna kill him anyway. So all of this other stuff is just theatrics. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, like I like I said, I'm gonna wait until next week's episode is over, and then I am going to I am going to put my bargain DVD of the stand that I found at Walmart a few days ago. I'm gonna put it in my DVD player, and I'm gonna rewatch the 1994 version as a palate cleanser, because I still feel like. Even with the outdated technology, even with the outdated, you know, graphics, special effects, makeup, I still feel like that was a better adaptation of the original story than this one is. They just, they left too much out. They rushed through too much else. The main characters who were supposed to be central to the story, we barely got to see them on screen. You know, we didn't get a lot of Nick. We didn't get a lot of Mother Abigail. Justice Stu was made, quote unquote, leader. He gets taken down by a fall. We just, like you said a few episodes ago, this show was basically the Franny, Harold, and Larry show. It was a story about a love triangle and the consequences that come out of that love triangle. That's pretty much what this version of The Stand was. Mm-hmm. Even in this episode, you have to focus on the connection between Larry and Nadine in order for Nadine to see what she has become and for everything to hit her as far as, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just a, she was basically just a surrogate. Mm-hmm. He didn't really care about her. He needed her to do a specific thing. Because think about it, after she took the fall, what was he crying about? My son. My son, right. My son. Didn't say, didn't utter a word about Nadine. And then to say the words, waste not, want not, and then use her head as a, you know, scare tactic for Larry. It's... Uh, again, bringing it back to that triangle of Nadine, Larry, and, and Harold. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of disappointment <laughs> in your face. All the expectations raised by last week's episode were just crushed. We today. jinxed it. We jinxed it. That's we what did. it was. We, we jinxed did. it. 
we did. They I gave mean, us I one thought, out of eight so far. I thought one good about, episode out of eight. Yeah, I actually thought about doing a live reaction or you know reaction video of the episode, and then I was like, no, I don't even know if I want to see what my face looks like right now. <laughs> Like I took a selfie and I posted it like, okay, y'all, this is my face right now watching the stand. I was just so horribly disappointed. And I know there's probably some other things that happened in the episode that we haven't talked about, but I don't even care at this point. Usually I watch the episode a second time so I can take my notes. So I'll know what talking points I want. I just don't even want to do it with this episode. I'm just... Yeah, I usually watch it the second time too. I didn't. I just, I just, I just, I say, you know what? I'm just gonna go lay down in the bed for a second and watch some news. Right. And then, <laughs> just, <laughs> and I, and I sent you that message like, I have hey, no words. Let's go ahead and get this over with. <laughs> yeah, let's get it done. I'm just, and at this point now, with the coda episode which is what it's called again we know that Stephen King has changed the ending so I'm not sure what that ending is supposed to be but we know Stu and Tom have to make their way back to Boulder Franny has gone into labor apparently and Mm -hmm. that's pretty much all we know because those are the only characters left now that we even remotely give a damn about except for Joe and of course Joe speaks in this episode because he can feel that the dark man is gone. But I'm sure he also knows Larry is gone too. So Joe has no, well, I guess Joe has Franny and when he comes back, Stu, that'll be his new family. Franny will have the baby. We don't know what will happen then. Um, Is the baby going to be okay when, when he or she gets here? We don't know. Or is she? There there are literally no other people in boulder that we know no one nope everybody <laughs> there's everybody's gone except you know except for maybe norris and we haven't seen him norris he was the guy who was uh harold's boss on the body cleanup crew and you know in in the book he actually oh yeah the explosion but he was what he yeah. was the one that was on the radio with Stu when they found mother abigail so he's probably still alive floating around somewhere but we haven't seen him since he came into the forest and interrupted Harold from shooting Stu. That was the last time we've even seen his character. So you're right. There's literally nobody else left in Boulder. Fran, Stu, Tom, Joe. That's it. And Kojak. That's it. That's it. And you're really going to focus on those four stories for a whole hour? There's no... There's nobody. Everyone else is gone. In in Vegas, everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. They're probably going to give us some epilogue about Randall Flat because, of course, he didn't die. Mm -hmm. He escaped. We don't know where he is. And at this point, is he even strong enough to do anything? Probably no. As many times as he got hit by that lightning, and he was scared. He was scared Mm -hmm. of that lightning. And then, you he, know, knew, he knew who it was. He knew what was going on. <laughs> so, and then also to the fact that, and I, I know it, it, it was a cheesy thing in the original, but it happened in the book. There had to be that little 
bit of payoff. You know, you, you send these people on this mission that you know is going to be a suicide mission. But at the end, right before the bomb goes off, Mother Abigail speaks to Ray and Larry and says, okay, boys, come on home. And that's when you see the hand of God. And it literally, I think the idea is that it took them before they were killed in the blast. They could have done something similar to that in this, but no, you actually let those two get their, their underwater, they're about to drown, and then quick death with the nuclear weapon. It's almost like you don't give them a payoff for being quote unquote good and faithful servants. They, they followed Mother Abigail to a T because they believed in her and she believed in God. They believed that that was what they were supposed to do. I, I thought there might be a chance or a reason that they were under the water when it happened. I and then, and then the person, so yeah, then the person <laughs> with but, me, she was like, nah, not, they were at ground zero. So, no. <laughs> but, I mean, think about it. If Stephen King is changing the ending, there that could be, that could be a big thing where they somehow were saved. Annika, if they are saved, <laughs> it would be so ridiculous. It would. It would be absolutely ridiculous if they were saved. It would be ridiculous. Just like the hand of God. <laughs> the smoky hand of God. <sighs> coming through and wrapping its its fingers around the, it was that was Now we did we we did watch the end. You know, we did watch Vegas in the original series. We watched the hand of God come down from the sky, you know. And, and swoop, we watched that. It swooped <laughs> those two up because I think. Well, it touched it, the bomb. And the bomb went off. It did. But I think what it was supposed to do also, it it was supposed to protect those two. and Oh, yeah. It went over them. It yeah, went over, it went them, over and them, them. And yeah. I guess killed them and ascended them to heaven before yeah. the bomb went off or that was what the the assumption was supposed to be that they didn't die in the bomb they were they were merciful mercifully killed prior to that you know so but but the person i was with she thought <laughs> it was she thought it was um she liked this ending better than that one so it worked better for the way that they it worked the, story. the way the way they did it it worked yeah. other than some hand coming down and doing it yeah it being it was smoked so that better. was kind of it it fit it was still kind of really y'all really made a hand with this but well if you weren't if you weren't paying attention though i mean if you were kind of halfway paying attention to not looking for a hand you probably wouldn't see a hand but because we were trying to see what they were going to do with this thing. We, we saw a hand. And I guarantee you, they will say, no, no, that was the hand. That was just smoke. No, I saw clearly. I literally could see like the fingers forming. <laughs> fingers around and, Like it. curling and. Yeah. Hmm. Whatever. I, I tried. I tried to find something redeeming. 
the Nadine and Larry stuff was redeeming. Well, not completely redeeming, but it made it palpable. Yeah. Everything else. Glenn's death, his speech was wasted. Trash can man's was wasted. Whole story arc. Wasted. Uh, Lloyd being, yeah, Lloyd being a complete, absolute clown. Wasted. Wasted. (laughs) But but because they had so many opportunities to do some really good things and bring some real character to the story, they had a lot of opportunity to, to really make you think about things and really, you know, I think that was sort of the point of Glenn's character was was to get your brain thinking about different possibilities. Like just because I'm an atheist doesn't mean I I close off the possibility that it, that it could be real. You know what I mean? Just all of that just gone. And then even before that, like I said, Mother Abigail, not enough screen time. Nick, not enough screen time. Not enough character development. Not enough. I just felt like Again, we we talk about it. They focused on three main characters and Nadine, but even Nadine was kind of, you know, collateral damage to the main three that we got to see, which was Fran, Harold, Larry. It's almost as if there 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 was a team of writers and like the best writers, a writer was working on the Harold, Franny and Larry story. And then, like, the weaker writers were working on everything else. You know what I mean? Like, did y- y'all, y'all filmed it, and when y'all were editing it, y'all realized, wow, the best writing is Harold, Fran, and Larry. So let's just go with that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, bet, I bet you there's a lot of stuff that was probably edited out that was cut out because it was just too weak and it wasn't working. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you that's what happened. You know, it just, it just seems like there were a lot of the only fully developed story that had character development, really good plot points were Harold, Fran, and Larry. And everything else was sort of like a half-baked idea. Everything else was sort of like not committed to whatever it was supposed to be. Like Stu, they didn't really commit to him being who he was. Glenn, they didn't really want to commit to him being in the story and bringing up all these moral issues. They didn't really commit to Nick and how important he was. They didn't really commit to Mother Abigail. It just seemed like there was a lot of halfway. They didn't really commit to Vegas because they didn't really commit to any of the other characters other than, you know. Lloyd and Lloyd Flag. And Flag. And like Julie, sort of like an afterthought. And, and she was and, one of the better characters. Right, and trash came in, sort of like non-committal. It's almost they had all these, they had all these storylines that could have been better than what they were, but they had the one thread that was really well written. So it seems like this had a lot of good ideas, but they weren't really working the way they wanted it to. So they filled it with the best story they had, which was Harold, Friend, and and Larry. That's the only way. That's the only way it makes sense for it to be the way that it is because it's too many halfways. This is too many. Yeah, because they, then you have the one fully developed story. 
because they tried too hard to make this something that was sort of like the stand, but would, st would stand on its own merit. And they didn't do a good job of it. If they had stuck to a little bit more of the original points in the book, and again, I understand books and t television, books and movies are two different mediums. But obviously there was something about the original story that you liked so much that you wanted to bring that vision to the screen. So then why turn around and change so much of what made the story great and then screw it up? And it's not like the stuff that they did made it better. You know, I know I'm throwing out ideas, but it also could possibly be that whoever was running the show, overseeing the direction, it seems like the showrunner was a fan of the Harold, Franny, and Lloyd, I mean, Larry storyline. Mm -hmm. So then the showrunner would have a bias towards the writing being better on that part of the show than anything else, because that was something that spoke to them in the book or the original something that they wanted to make sure that as viewers we got, that we saw what they wanted to see. Right. I think the way Stephen King wrote the book, he didn't really seem to have a favorite character or favorite story or favorite plot. If anything, it would be Stu, but that's not what happened in the show. Right. And then again, I mean, he had over 800 pages to tell the story mm -hmm. so he could focus more on the characters, but again, if that's what you wanted to do, if you want to tell these stories and you want to flesh out these characters, stop trying to do this long ass book as a limited series. Do a one season show. Give it 10 episodes. Give it 13 episodes. Give it a full six. Just give it more episodes. Tell the stories the way that they need to be told. If you've given it a full season, you could have focused on the individual characters on their beginnings, on their character development, and then brought them together and then sent them on the journey. They could have easily done that if there were more episodes, but no, everybody wants to try to fit it in this little mini series format, this mini, you know, limited series format. And there are some stories where that's just not gonna work. There's too much story to tell. It goes back to the idea of it being half-baked, it's like, in order for you to, to do this, you have to cut a whole lot of corners. Right. And then, so now ultimately you get to, you know, Amazon or whoever being non-committal to getting this done. Like, um, we'll give you a little more than the original, but we can't give you any more than that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we can't commit to 15, 16 episodes. We can give you nine <laughs> but yeah. and it would have it, it nine one hour it could have worked if they had taken a story that was just as good maybe just as long but focused on less people like let's say if they had done it as a limited series that could have worked because with it you're focused on the losers the loser gang and pennywise you could have told that story within these confines because you're talking about them as children and you're talking about them as adults. And it's only really those, what, six, seven characters total. You could, that, you could do that in 10. You got four episodes as kids, 
four episodes as adults mm -hmm. and two episodes for Dally. That's right. 10 episodes. You can do it. But with the stand, there are so many moving pieces mm -hmm. in this story. And each of them are equally as important to the story, not just on the bolder side, but you had people who were equally as important on the Vegas side. Vegas side. Mm -hmm. And aside from Lloyd's clown ass, we really didn't see much of that. Yeah. And would I tell you in the first episode we did, I think first episode, they could have done like one season of the bolder people mm -hmm. finale introduced to Vegas. Season two, Vegas. Then season three, The Stand. And you could have done how many episodes you you could have done 10, 10, and five for all I care. And but you have the point is you have to develop everybody. You have in order for the end to have the effect that we feel when we read the book is a journey with all the characters. Mm -hmm. Not a handful of characters, not specific characters, but it's a journey of all the characters. Like what we said before, The Walking Dead is not about The Walking Dead, it's about the relationships. And that's what the stand is about. The stand is about the people. The stand is about the relationships and, and their faith and all of that good stuff. You can't do it in nine or eight or seven episodes. You just can't do it. it, it, it seven one-hour episodes is bad. It, there's just too many characters. There's, there's too much that you have to get the people watching to invest into the characters. Right. And the only way you can get us to invest in the characters is you have to endear us to the characters. You have to teach us about them. You have to give us their emotions and their feelings and their motivations. We don't get any of that, really. We get Stu, Larry, and Fran. Yeah, Harold. And, yeah. <laughs> Harold, yeah, Harold, Fran, and Stu. That's it. Harold, Fran, and Larry. Yes. I keep saying Stu, but yeah, it's... Because it, it was supposed to be Stu, but I, and that's that's the one complaint. Everybody that I've talked to who has been watching the stand, even the people that I know who are not fans of or who've never read the book, they've never seen the previous version of the um, miniseries. They all say the same thing. I don't feel connected to the characters. Mm -hmm. That's been like the main thing. And even for someone, my daughter hasn't seen The Stand in years. She's only 24. I think the last time she saw The Stand, she might have been in her mid-teens. And when it got to, I don't even remember what part it was, she had to stop. She had to hold, she, she was like, hold up, hold up, pause it for a minute. She said, is it just me? She said, I feel like I'm remembering that there should have been more in this part. I said, no, you're, you're you're remembering correctly. They they have skipped through a lot. She said, and I don't even remember the original, but I remember the story and it feels like they left out a lot. And, and they did, there's just. I'm gonna go off on a tangent, which we are all known to do on <laughs> Fandom no. Hybrid Podcast. <laughs> um, we recently, uh, after we saw the trailer for the new Dune movie, um, 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 my daughter asked about it and we both looked at her like oh there was an original one so we actually showed it to her 
And as we were watching the original Dune series, and you realize that Dune is just as expansive and just as dense, if right. not more dense than The Stand, how they were able to turn that into a miniseries. And we were watching it. I'm not talking about the series that was on sci-fi. I mean, the original Kyle McLaughlin. Okay. Um, um, Patrick Stewart, all the way back then, okay. that version. And you're watching it. And even though I have not read the book, you realize there are huge chunks missing. Because my 12-year-old daughters, they're like, how do they go from there to there? in in like an instant and all of a sudden like the main character is in love with this other character and it's like they just met and in the next scene they're like in love when a minute ago she was like trying to kill him so it, you realize whenever you're doing something as big and expansive as this chunks are going to be cut out and sometimes it's not going to make sense and and you suffer a lot of character development and and honestly that's what i'm afraid of for the the trailer for dune looks awesome it but it are, are they really going to be a two and a half hour movie maybe are, are they really going to be able to get it get everything in that they need right you know and then not seem empty because they were just moments where the voiceover has to explain to you everything. And then it's like just chunks gone. Like they go from this place to this place. They, they're like, they, the guy destroyed all of the weapons. And then all of a sudden, they all, all the, I forget what they're called, but all of the Dune people have the weapon. When they got, when they were all gone, all of a sudden there's thousands of them. I'm just, it, it's like, okay. I'm done. I'm I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna do one of those <laughs> Lori rants. I'm just gonna <laughs> stop here. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop here, and I see your point. I, I and I have no. I can't defend it. I can't. I can't do anything with it. It's just what you gave us in the stand was subpar. It was yeah. so disappointing. I was so looking forward to this version. I was looking forward to seeing what they would do with it. And I'm just, I'm so, so disappointed. And it, now, really, I'm just watching next week because it's the end. I just need to go ahead and finish it and just be done with it. But again, I, I feel so disappointed. And to me, it's like, did he, did they, did he even really change the end? Like, it still kind of ends the same way. And if he's saying this coda is, a changed ending it's just the epilogue at this you, point i'm telling you larry and ray survived i'm calling it <laughs> you're gonna call it i'm calling it yeah this i was thinking that too i'm i'm trying and i told you it'd be far-fetched it's like it's, how it's how 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 are you going to okay whatever the man was a demon who <laughs> impregnated a woman he's been grooming since she was 12 years old and a ball of lightning comes down in the midst of a smoky hand mm -hmm. to to detonate a nuclear bomb, which I have no idea how that scrawny kid got that bomb off of the silo and into his little ATV and drove his ATV all the way straight to exactly where Randall Flagg was standing. Right. 
I'm just saying, it, 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 maybe it's that far fetched in this universe, but it it would just it would seem like. Yeah, that, I, that's it. That's the change I'm calling it. You're calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because nothing else could be any more ridiculous than that. And and this series, I, I think ridiculous is a pretty pretty accurate word for how I'm feeling about it. It's just, yeah, I'm just again, I'm so disappointed. Like I'm 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 gonna go watch the 1994 version next weekend just to cleanse my palate, and then I may go back and and read the book. I don't know how I'm gonna do that because. The three classes that I'm taking for school this semester are all very uh, reading heavy, so I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to manage that. But I need to. I feel like I feel like now I need to purify myself <laughs> with the source material. And, and you tell me how that goes because maybe <laughs> maybe we are being overly harsh. I think I said this before. Maybe we're being overly harsh because I have it on maybe we're looking back. Other listeners that we are not. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we are, you know, nostalgia and rose-colored glasses are like the ultimate, you know, blinder for everything. Like we look back and we think, oh, how great and how wonderful the original miniseries was. And we go back and watch and like, eh, maybe it's not any better than what we just watched. So you let me know. Because it's, it's possible that maybe we are just being nostalgic nostalgic about the original so this is what i would suggest i would suggest that we watch the original and do a follow-up to add to these episodes that we have okay okay we'll do that how we compare like okay we've gone back and we've looked at the old one and this is the this is what we've noticed and if at some point we ever get a chance to sit down and read the book like we had planned to a few months ago we may do another follow-up based on the book and see how it compares like are our memories really that great or did we just you know because i think both of us first started reading this story in high school high school yeah so which was 90s so Mm -hmm. there could be some things that we've forgotten we could have mixed some things up with the show with the original show it's possible but from what i've like I said, I've had discussions with other people who have been watching it and people who have been listening to this podcast and listening to you and I discuss it. And I actually had someone message me and she was like, I need you and Anthony to get out of my head. (laughs) (sighs) I don't think we're that far. I don't think we're that far fetched. I think we're all being nostalgic and looking back on the past with rose-colored glasses. So we'll see. Like I said, we will see <laughs> the 1994 version after this monstrosity is over, and okay, and we'll compare and, and see see how it holds up. Okay, I will. I will see if I can get in this weekend. Because are you really going to watch it? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to wait okay. until af- I'm going to wait until after next week's last episode because okay. I- Okay. Yeah, I because I'm in this mind frame now, I want to go ahead and finish it out. Let us, you know, record our podcast, talk about it, get it out the way. And then, like I said, that's going to be a palate cleanser for me. I'm going to go back and watch the original and then we can record the following week and, and just kind of compare. 
Okay, I'm looking. I'll be looking forward to that one because I think that's going to be spicy. <laughs> it is. I mean, it can't. It can't. At this point, it really can't be. It can't be too much worse than this. Like I said, it that one was filmed in the '90s, so we know that there are certain aspects of it that's going to be bad just because it was the '90s. I get that. I still think they told the story better. I still think the acting was better. I I think we. I think we can separate the storytelling from the effects. I think we're I think we're well versed we enough to be able to do that. Huh? Up until we get to the hand of God. <laughs> well, and I won't have to go. Are. I won't have to go back. I won't have to go back over it because I've discussed it at length. Yes. So I don't have to so say anything have about, to it. Talk about it. So. Right. All right. But I, I I think we've exhausted this. There there really is nothing else to say about this episode except no. I, I'm surprised I was able to find words. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, anyway, that's it for this show. You can find us online at fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. 